back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 47. This will feature Barbara Burgess, who is a sommelier and the wine director for a restaurant, Tyler, which is a uh, small little restaurant in a small town in Mississippi with a up-and-coming wine scene. Great great food restaurant, great wine scene. And she's kind of leading the charge for some of these smaller towns and some of these smaller venues that are traditionally college towns that mostly are beers and cocktails and she's getting a wine scene going down there so we talk about that talk about the current uh covid pandemic how it's been affecting her profession and her personally and about her getting into wine in the first place how it is to be a young female psalm in the mostly male-dominated wine world a bunch of other topics we get into as well let's get right into it Talk to me about how you got into wine in the first place. I just wanted to, I wanted to start from the beginning because I know, I know you just got certified and I know you were um, ready to go for, you know, starting to crack the books for the advanced and stuff. And, uh, but just take me back, back to when it all started and how did that, how did that kind of passion for wine just kind of kickstart for you? So I was a handcrafted um, bartender in our guest room, which is our speakeasy. It's underneath Restaurant Tyler. Um, and yeah, so I was the only female at the time. We just recently got another female bartender who's ever bartended down there. And one day after, well, one night after a really busy football game, Chef Ty and his business partner, our other owner, Brian, gave us all a glass of Plump Jack Merlot. And that was the first time I'd had a really good wine up until that point. I was a uh, Budweiser and Rumpel and Jaeger kind of girl. So I think the next day I took all the money I made that night and went to the liquor store and bought every bottle of wine I could afford. And I started studying. I bought... I think the first book I bought was Wine Folly nice. off of Amazon. And then a few weeks later, I had a whole collection. Books just kept coming in from Amazon. So that's kind of how it just was one glass. And it was just, I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more. I mean, being in the, being in a small town as well, the, the resources weren't obviously very, you know, very accessible or available. No, and they weren't until about probably going on two years now for the longest time I was completely by myself and would drive to other states to buy wine to study with because I had to teach myself the blind taste and in my market in the small town I'm in and in North Mississippi there just wasn't good quality wine and I hate to say that but there weren't testable examples and I had never gone to Jackson which is um where the capital of Mississippi is. And there actually ended up being another certified sommelier who reached out to me on Facebook and was like, hey, come by my store. I just want to show you, like, there are wines here to help you study. And he hooked me up with a bunch of testable wines. So it was really, it's awesome. That's funny that you say it as testable wines because 
you need those classics as well to for you especially for for the exams and stuff you need you need that classic those classic tastes right so that's interesting mm -hmm. that's interesting because not that there's not wines per se but the wines that you need that's that's a whole different ballgame basically yeah and um i think that's one of those problems with being in a college town is you are going to get the big box wines super inexpensive wines because that at that point was what college kids were drinking here now they don't now they drink nice things or not all of them but they do reach for better bottles these days well and, and it's 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 funny because i mean you obviously can take a bit of credit for that and and your other your other colleagues because it seems from what i've from what i've uh, sneakily researched on you you know, there's a bit of a wine scene now, and, and you're you're to be you're to be commended for that. It's crazy how that happened. I actually passed my introductory exam in San Diego, California, because the court posts them kind of quarterly. Hmm. So I had no idea that these exams were offered anywhere in the South. So. I booked a plane ticket and everything and just flew to San Diego, took the exam, passed, spent a week in Santa Barbara, and I'm actually from Georgia, so my family lives in Atlanta. So I was going to move back home because there wasn't really a need for a sommelier here, and then I guess about a month before I was supposed to move away, I was like crying on the way to work every single day, and um, my boss... And his business partner, our other owner, sat down and they were like, absolutely not. You're not leaving. You can't go. We're going to make this position for you. And so for the first three months, I was the sommelier while I waited tables and bartended. Very difficult when you are trying to decant 1998 Barolos and you have an entire section full of people or a bunch of tickets on the screen that you have to make um, cocktails and so eventually they were like, okay, we're going to put you on salary. We're going to make you just the sommelier and the event coordinator. Turns out I am not the best at planning events. <laughs> so now I am the sommelier and the floor manager. That's, that's funny. <laughs> you got to know your strengths and know your, you know your weaknesses. Yes. So <laughs> uh, it's good, good to learn at a young age um, what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we started doing all these awesome wine events. I am over three different programs right now. So I have this fun college bar program, which is inexpensive wines, but I try to find the best values in different portfolios and things that people aren't carrying around here so that then they'll go to the liquor stores and the liquor stores will pick them up. And so then with my wine program, I started working with liquor stores and that is how I snuck good wine into the town. I noticed you're doing some stuff online as well, uh, obviously more recently. I'm trying to remember who was doing this. Well, there were a bunch of wineries and other sommeliers doing these Facebook Lives. Right. And I had this idea, you know, we are a small town. Everybody's sitting at home. We are a very close-knit family. And I asked my boss, I was like, hey, Chef Ty, what if we did some online tastings? We're all bored. Yeah. 
it would be good for the community just to sit on us talk you can make some food i'll do some different um food dishes on my own and that way we can still teach everyone and just kind of as a community be connected and now it's reached into jackson where i have other restaurants and other psalms from around the state joining me on them how many different wines have you decided screw it i'm at home right now and i know a lot of people have been cracking really good wines lately I, i'm just kind of curious if there's anything that you said screw it i'm just opening it up because you've been saving it or whatever and now it's like you know what i'm at home i'm gonna have a good one yeah so if it's not testable for um tasting group I just got into a tasting group in Memphis at, in Tennessee, so driving three hours to another state to blind taste with a group. If it's not testable, I've been opening it. So I have some really good – I'm actually drinking this um, Nino Negri Sprezat, um tonight, which is a really great bottle. So pretty much if it's not testable – and I don't have anyone to share it with. I'm just going to drink it with people online and talk about it and talk yeah. about the ones they're drinking. Yeah, and I missed, uh, unfortunately, because of the time time difference, mm -hmm. I was going to try and get on with you last Wednesday, but then uh, uh, with the time difference, by the time I got on, you guys were done. But we've been doing, yeah, we've been doing quite a few. There's a wine club I belong to in Vancouver, and we've been, people have been hosting various nights and different themes and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever themes, or we even had like a whiskey, we had a whiskey night. Um, and oh, that's fun. Yeah. And just like a dozen, anywhere between eight, eight to 12 people. Um, they're doing one tonight with a specific, one of the winemakers for, uh, in the Okanagan, he's going to come on as well and talk about his wines. And so it's cool to, cool to get that resource as well. Cause they're, some of these guys are sitting at home as well. So they're, yeah they're able to get on as, as well with us. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I actually reached out to a few different wineries um, and had the distributor here reach out to, we're waiting to hear back from some of them, but not Wednesday, but so Friday the 10th, I will be doing one with hedges with Dylan Walker. Um, and they're a winery in Washington State. My absolute favorite, Sarah Hedges, is an incredible winemaker. So I'm excited for that one. And hopefully we'll get more winemakers and distributors to kind of hop on. Washington State's got some great, some great wine down there. We just got Gramercy into the state probably about two weeks ago. I had it on the list by the glass, the Rosé. And one of their Cabernet Sauvignons for two days before we had to close the doors. The one, Can't wait for us to reopen. Yeah, no doubt. The one, I was just going to say the ones that we, we can't seem to get on the West Coast is all the all the East Coast, like Niagara and uh, New York and um, uh, like the Finger Lakes and Virginia and all that kind of East Coast wine. We can't seem to get that out here. But what West Coast wise, like Oregon, Washington, Washington State, we seem to get no problem. Virginia has some really amazing wine. I went to Virginia a few years ago, and the only one that we can get into the state is Barbersville. Okay. And I think the only New York winery that we can have access to in Mississippi is Empire. So it's um, not super heavy down here just because we're such a strict control state. 
Yeah, and that's and that's a whole other topic, eh? The I mean, the state by state laws and yeah, it's just to be able to move goods around and be able to get wines from different states and stuff, right? Well, see, we can get any product we want if the winery is willing to send it to us. There was actually, and I won't say them by name, but there was a winery I wanted that is available in Alabama. And I tried to get them here because they're the company that imports them in Alabama also imports them here. And sent them probably an email every other week for six months. And finally, they just told me they didn't think Mississippi was a market for them. And it's very sad, but it happens a lot. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. I mean, and obviously with you calling them or, or you know, trying to, trying to get a hold of them from a, a smaller city as well, then that's obviously doesn't help either. Mm-mm, not at all. But maybe they'll change their mind one day. As you grow and as your as the restaurant grows and as your your kind of uh, no, I don't want to say niche, but as you as a person and as and as the restaurant kind of blossoms into a a wine a wine scene, then you know you might be put on the map a bit more with some of these places. Oh yes, I am excited. We had actually. Um, so we have World of Fine Wine. We have two stars, which I know these a lot of people say these awards don't really mean very much unless you have so many in them. Um, and we had Wine Spectator, one glass this year, and we had just applied for two glasses. Um, so after we started to sell our wine half off during the takeout hmm. section, we went from having the 300 and like 79 bottles I had on the list. And currently we have a hundred right now. So I'm ready for this to be over so I can start rebuilding that entire program because all the good stuff was the stuff that went first. It seems that you're very goal driven from what, from what I, what I can tell you've got the advance on your mind and you've got, you got, you know, the master on your mind down the road and, just tell me about that. For advanced, I am currently focusing on my weaknesses and trying to fix those. I have reached out to a few master sommeliers. Some respond with really good critic, you know, criticism back, um, ways that I can fix some of the things I'm having problems with. But I try to limit how often I say I'm from a small market because a lot of times I get the thing back oh, well, there's plenty that I've done it from a small market. I'm like, I just need you to tell me how to do it. <laughs> so I've reached out to one master sommelier, told me the name of a few small market psalms who I'm actually already friends with, had no idea that they had, you know, pretty much done it themselves. So Justin King is a advanced sommelier from Lansing, Michigan, and we do study sessions all the time. He puts them on. Anybody's welcome, and he'll pick a topic, and we go over it, and he gives me advice. The biggest problem right now for me is pronunciation. We've decided I should start a YouTube channel on how not to say things. So I'm going to guess what, the, the probably the German, the, a lot of the German ones? Pretty much anything and everything. <laughs> it's really, it's really bad. Uh, what is one of them? So I used to laugh. I'm like, oh, at least I knew it was 
Willamette because in my intro exam, uh, the, one of the master sommeliers asked what was mistakenly planted as Merlot in Chile. And I was like, Carmen Yer. And he was like, yes, but it's Carmen Air. And I'm like, hmm. well, then five seconds later, someone said Willamette. And I'm like, well, at least I knew that one was Willamette. <laughs> um, but then a few days ago, I said Yakima. And it is Yakima. Yeah. I'm like, well, Washington one, yeah. Barb zero. <laughs> I had a question, and it's not, um, um, given your age and your gender, do you find that you get a lot of, a lot of flack from the older, the older crowd, shall we say, the older, older uh, male crowd? I would say it's interesting. Yeah. So I have had tables refuse to speak to me because I am a woman. Um, I had one who asked for the sommelier. My name is very confusing on Facebook. I'm Bobby because I was born Bobby Sue. Not when I was adopted, they changed my name to Barbara. Mm. So... Here, I'm known as Bobby to half the people, and to half the people, I'm known as Barbara. So when he heard Bobby, I think he thought I was a dude, and I walked up to the bar, and he, you know, gave him my advice on what he should pair with his dish, and then he turned to the bartender, shooed me away, and asked the bartender, and luckily, I'm very lucky that my staff kind of backs me up, and so does my boss, because my bartender was like... I'm going to tell you the exact same thing that she just said. She knows more than me on this subject. Like, and that aspect, I have had those people. I have had a table of 18 people be in here for a business meeting. And when it comes to the university, I'm really close with a lot of the professors. They come to my tastings. They come to all my events. And they had this one client in here. And he told everybody that, sommeliers are fake and how what we do is not real talking about blind tasting and all of these things yeah and just kind of making a mockery out of the psalm films and some other things luckily the guy that was there was like you don't know what you're talking about Mm. we see this girl she studies constantly if you knew anything about sommeliers they blind taste for quality they don't always get the answer right it's not about getting the answer right it's about you know knowing if a glass is wine is sound or not and I'm really glad that he knew um what to say because I was kind of I think that was the first time I'd ever cried Mm. I went into the back and I cried and my boss was like you you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps because this is the industry you're in you're going to have people who are going to speak to you like that, and we're not going to allow it to happen, but you can't break down every time it does happen because you're stronger than that. And I do know a lot of people say in the industry as women, they feel like they're not taken as seriously, but when it comes to mentorship, I've had a lot more male sommeliers master male sommeliers reach out to me and offer me help than I probably have anybody else. So I know some people it's, it's different, I guess. Um, the master sommeliers that I've met have all been super nice. The advanced sommeliers I've met 
have all been really great and have offered me tons of help. Even during my certified exam, before I got to service, I was having a mental breakdown on Facebook. And I probably had four inbox me, like, pull it together. You still got service. You can do this. We all believe in you. So I haven't awesome. industry-wise seen any of that. Well, and that's, I mean, and that show. I mean, to me, like, the the level of community and the level of team kind of the the team mentality that comes in the wine industry from people are within the industry so i mean people outside the industry or like you said that like that like that one guest people who are outside the industry is one thing but within like you said people being accommodating and, and helpful i mean even for me as a as a small wine podcast the amount of of master psalms and everyone else in between winemakers mws whatever that have allowed me to you know record them and and we chat you know we chat weekly or whatever the amount of engagement from within the industry is just has always been really good yes i've had some people who have followed me since i decided to take the first exam and they have followed me through some very terrible wines and they never once judged me they just let me you know grow my wings never said anything but, you know, I'm also very lucky that I do have a boss that if I think someone actually once was who gave you the authority to make this menu. And my boss was sitting at the bar and he was like, I did because this is her job and this is what she does. You know, so I'm very lucky that I do have I do work for people who if the customer isn't in the right and they do something to make one of us feel uncomfortable, they say something. So. I know that doesn't always happen in every restaurant. I've read a lot of people's memoirs about their own journeys and sometimes kind of makes me feel really lucky to be where I am because my boss is very, no one talks poorly or treats his staff bad. I think it was, I want to say, I'm trying to remember who all taught my first exam in San Diego, but it's something that stuck with me the entire time. And I want to say it was Master Sommelier Will Costello. He's actually come here and done some dinners. Um, we carry a ton of his wines from Bienacito, which is who he's the ambassador for. Mm. But I instinctively remember at the end of the class, they said, addressing the women in the room, they were like, keep going. Like we want you in this industry. They listed off how many there were and they were like, you could be the next one. Mm. So it was from the beginning. My experience in the court has been extremely inclusive. You've mentioned the Psalm films and I'm just curious what level of, uh, what level of importance or what level of, uh, significance that they have for you. Cause I know some, some Psalms, uh, you know, depending on their age and stuff, they were really meaningful for them. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, again, had never heard of anybody else in the South at the time when, especially in Mississippi where I was at, of being a sommelier. Um, so I think I came to work one day and I was like, yeah, 
Wine Folly just put out this post about being in the wine industry and the different roles you could play. I think I want to be a sommelier. And this is after I'd already gone through like three different careers. I was like, I was a bartender. Um, I had a baking business, which is actually how I paid for my wine exams with cupcakes. Uh. So at every dinner, I'd make cupcakes. It's my little thing. And so they, a lot of people were like, okay, Barbara, that's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to become a sommelier. And I was like, no, I am. <laughs> I'm going to do this. And so I studied and I started studying and it was probably about like two months before I was supposed to go take my exam, just the intro, which if you look on the internet, I recommend not because um, there are very different opinions on the level of difficulty of the exam. So I probably made 4,000 note cards for that exam Mm. overprepared. Um, But my guess our sous chef and, or was a sous chef at the time. Now he owns his own restaurant. Um, Our sous chef at the time and our chef de cuisine were like, Hey, have you ever seen the song films? And I was like, well, no, I don't even own TV. Still don't own TV. And they were like, you need to go like go to someone's house, watch these movies, you know, it's what you want to do. And I think you'll really like it. I watched the movie. I see them blind tasting dropped out of my exam that night. I was like, I can't do this. This is not, this is not something I can do. And I think I made a post on Instagram and I don't remember what it was, but I made a post. This has been years ago. And one of them, I'm pretty sure it was D Lynn who reached out off of an Instagram post and was like, Hey, you should sign back up for your exam. I definitely think you can do this. Don't be scared. All this other stuff. And I made some tweets at the same time and the some film and all of them have been following me ever since. Oh, that's cool. They've just followed my journey and they're, they are amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had some good chats with um, most of the, most of them, uh, starting with Brian, and then um, I met Madeline a couple times, and uh, and then chatted with Jason um, a bunch of times. We even were we were texting when um, they did the Psalm three release uh, up in Vancouver. They had it in like a small theater and stuff, and um, actually Madeline was there as one of the hosts uh, presenting it kind of thing. And we were I was texting with Jason, and he was so curious to see how the response was from the crowd and stuff. And he was, you know, texting me like, is everybody enjoying it? And he was, he was so into it, right? Like just curious and, and worried about his film, uh, which was, which was super cool to see. His films are awesome. And I honestly, since they were all so kind to me when I first got started in the industry, I probably spend most of my day listening to their podcasts or watching Psalm TV or rewatching the movies, um, an obnoxious amount of time. I would go over to my friend's house almost every single night to the point where I had a bedroom at his house. That's he had just funny. built me my own, my own room. Cause I would watch the Psalm movie every single night because I was just amazed that anyone had reached out to me and cared about, this girl from Mississippi even wanting to take these exams. So, well, I mean, and you've got another big supporter in Christy cause, cause I had asked her, I said, can you give me a couple names of people that you think 
um, would be fun to interview in the restaurant in the restaurant industry who are up and coming. And literally, yours was one of the first names out of her mouth. Christy's amazing. I probably have been following her for five years. She was another one of those people when I would get discouraged, would be like, no, don't get discouraged. You can do this. Um, and eventually a group of other sommeliers started to form in Mississippi. There's a little group in Jackson and I would go and meet with them and I would ask her advice like, Hey, so I'm thinking about this where I would respond on her stories and she always messaged me back. Um, she actually let me take her online wine course for free. Mm -hmm. Um, Still trying to, I mean, it's, it's very beginner level, but for my staff being so beginner level, I am trying to get it to where we have like set people who don't move away after they graduate, some that are going to be here for a few years so that they can start taking the course mm. and um, as kind of some staff training. But yeah, she was one of those people who, if you have a question, she will answer it. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, it doesn't matter if you think you have a stupid question, she's never going to make you feel that way. Yeah. Well, and, and it's the, it's the kindred spirits, right? She, she recognizes someone who's equally as passionate and, uh, equally as, as engaged in, in wine. Right. So mm -hmm. I think I'm going to leave it there. I really, really appreciate, uh, hanging out and chatting for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me.